thank you for your goodness. Lord, as we come tonight, Father, what would we do without the Word of God? We would be lost. We'd be confused. Father, we would be without hope. Father, we just thank you that the Word of God is forever established in heaven, and when we follow it, we'll be forever established, and we will go to heaven. And Father, we will live with you. We'll reign with you forever and ever. Father, I thank you tonight that as we come, Father, that you give us clarity of mind, articulation of speech, and boldness of spirit to speak tonight. Father, give the people ears to your hearts to receive and a will, Father, to be doers of the word. Father, help us, change us, transform us by the renewing of our minds. May we be conformed to the very image of Jesus and be a sweet-smelling savor. Go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, tonight I want to talk about and I already alluded to this, but dealing with depression. You know, I was, last night I got together with the Team Christ guys. They're not here tonight. They've got a ball game and they've got uh, some stuff going on. And I just love those guys. They come, they're hungry. They brought another guy and he's wanting to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he's reading the books on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're praying for him to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, Team Christ is growing and they're seeing more people come again. And they, they, they have a, they kind of keep a, have a feel or kind of keep the pulse of what's going on out there spiritually. Because they talk to a lot of people, they go soul winning at least once a week, and they have a huge prayer meeting on Sunday night. They've got their own service on Sunday afternoon. And what's really great is they go soul winning, and, and they minister to people. It's really a little mini revival. It's like a little mini church, and they come to me for guidance and direction, and I pray over them. And I tell you what, when somebody's hungry, every time I lay hands on those guys, all of a sudden, prophesying starts coming out of my mouth because they're so hungry. How many of you know the hungrier you are, the more the gifts of the Spirit will begin to operate? People that aren't hungry are not going to draw anything out of the ministry gifts. But if you're really hungry, God will use many different people to minister to you, but especially if it's your pastor. And so I, I, I was there, and we, we were talking about things, and I was teaching them the Word. And they said, Pastor Bill, there's just a lot of people with depression. And they go, it's kind of funny because it's like in groupings. They said one whole, uh, what do they call them out there? They're not wings, but they have like, they've got floors, and then they all share a common area. What's that called, Nate? Do you know what those are called? But like a pod or kind of like a, a suite, where I think they have five, four or five rooms, then they have a common area. And I think, they, they do, do they have a kitchenette in those? Or Yeah, I think there's like a common area, but it's usually about four or five rooms. And one of the kids confessed that he was so depressed he was suicidal, only to find out that every single person in the pod was. Is that bizarre? When I can remember, when I, right before I got saved, I was going to the University of Northern Iowa, and I can remember my roommate Rick Niedermeyer and Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn happened to be from the same town I was, but then he'd moved to Cedar Falls, and then he ended up at UNI. Rick Niedermeyer was from... Um, Green Bay, Wisconsin, he was an All-American football player. He was an insanely incredible athlete. He was tremendous. And I can remember they, one of them brought up, and I was fighting, uh, being depressed. And, and I, I, would, I always you know, said, well, I would never commit suicide. But something keeps telling me, you ought to just, you ought to just end your life, and then you'll be, you'll be able to exit all this depressed feeling, and everything will be just fine. And then I can remember saying in my mind, no, I'll, I'll end up in hell and be ten times worse. And thinking, that's crazy. What's talking to me? What, what's that stupid side of my brain? I did not know at that time that demonic spirits look for depressed people. Spirits of suicide look for depressed people. 
You see, depression is, is a major, uh, it, it's like honey drawing the flies. It, it's, it's like depression makes the spirits that want, how many of you know the devil comes expressly, they come to kill, steal, and destroy? And there will be death, destruction, and uh, theft of person's lives when person fights off depression. So that whole wing, and, and I, I remember that. I remember that same thing happening when I was uh, in school. And let me let me just tell you this: uh, depression is related to demonic oppression. Depression and demons run together. Now, I'm not saying that everything is like, oh, he's depressed. Well, that's a demon. No, I don't believe that. I believe sometimes you can be depressed by a demon. <clears throat> but I see demons understand when people don't think right, when people have chemical imbalances, when it gets very dark and it's been winter and it's been cold. They know all those things. They can see what's going on. They can tell who's who's fighting natural things that causes naturally people to get depressed. Sometimes it's a demon causing depression, but I think more times than not, it's a lot of things causing the depression, and then the devil comes in and really gets involved with that. I really believe that. And then when the voices come of of suicide, that's when you know you're depressed enough that the devil really is going to take advantage of you and start talking to you. And so the enemy wants to do that. Turn with me to Proverbs, the 13th chapter and the 12th verse. I want to show you something, a link between hope, hopelessness, and depression. Tonight, I want to really, I think this is, is very insightful. I'd never really thought so much about this. And so I really believe that this is a powerful thing that the Lord wanted me to share tonight. But it's, it says, whoso, uh, excuse me, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. When the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I think a lot of people are hoping for things, and they're waiting for something, and they're wanting something, and it's not happening, and their heart is sick. And I believe that that is a reference to a form or type of depression. You've kind of wanted this all your life, and it's not happening, or you've wanted this for a long time, it's not happening. And sometimes we put our hope in unbiblical things. You know, I, I'm sure that all the presidential campaign, all the presidential candidates that were campaigning for president, I think that there's some depressed people tonight. I think uh, Chris Christie's depressed, Carly Fiorina, I think Mike Huckabee and Rick Santorum. I think there's a lot of people that had their hopes out there for something that wasn't going to be, and now they're, very, they're, they're probably fighting some depression. How many would think that could be? Sometimes when we put our hope in things that aren't biblical, you know, one person might be hoping that one day he'd be a professional football player and he doesn't know that God's really called him to go te- be a, school t- a godly school teacher and lead children to Christ. You know, when you put your hope in the wrong thing, you will be disappointed and hope deferred makes the heart sick. But hope realized when, when it's a biblical thing, you know, we can put our hope in biblical things and, and biblic- biblical promises and hope won't be deferred, but it will become, as it says, uh, hope deferred make the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, everybody say, when desire cometh, is a tree of life. And I believe there's a direct correlation about hope, and I want, I'm going to be talking about that, and we're going to talk about some other scriptures. Now let's go over to Psalms 42, 5 and 11. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, 
look at King David, and he was going through a difficult time. He felt like he was living right. He even going to church, and this uh, here he is. He's going to church, and things just aren't happening the way he thinks that they should go. And I'll, I'm going to begin verse four. It says, "When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me." In Psalms forty-two four, I went with them to the house of God. I went to church. How many of you know you can go to church and still get depressed? Be depressed. <laughs> I went with them to the house of God. With the voice of joy and praise. And everybody was happy there. We're all praising the Lord. With the multitude that kept the holy day. It was, I went to church even. I'm still depressed. Look at verse 5. And why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's asking himself this. And why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? He says, I go to church. It's a happy time. It's a happy place even. It isn't like people are depressed there. So, self, why are you still depressed? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? And he answers his own question. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him through the help of his countenance. Now let's go to verse 11. And he says, he repeats himself. Now, we could read the verses in between. You can do that. That's fine. But these are the things that I want to bring out in this, in this chapter 42. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? And in the Hebrew world, the way that you emphasize something was by repeating it. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. See, hope deferred makes the heart sick. When David is cast down, and he says, why are you cast down, O my soul? He says, the answer is to have hope in God. You know, hope is, hope is an interesting thing. Really, hope is the, is the main thing that keeps us going with everything in life. You know, you go to work because you hope at the end of the week they're going to give you a paycheck. Can I get an Amen. You serve God and love God and, and chose to become a Christian because one day you hope to go to heaven instead of hell. You can have kids because you hope that one day, you know, that your kids will be this and that and the other. You know, you, you build a house because one day you hope to have a wonderful place to live in or, or you, you do this and you do that and, and you, you buy a nice car because you hope it's going to be a nice vehicle that's going to, transport you and you can be proud of it not in a bad way but but that you, you know so we put our hope we're, we're always hoping for things I, I i'm really hoping it'll get warmer outside pretty soon <laughs> and it'll be sunny again i'm really hoping that certain person wins the presidency i'm hoping that we'll see more people get saved and be in the kingdom of God and come to church. I have a lot of hopes. And it really is the thing that keeps you going in life is your hopes. And if you don't have hope if, and your hope is deferred and nothing ever comes to the pass that you're hoping for, uh, you either got to figure out, am I in faith or was I hoping for the wrong thing? Somebody say amen. Because you can hope for the wrong things. You can put your hope, you can hope for all kinds of wrong things. You can hope you're going to be a professional football player, but if God has for you to be a school teacher, you're not going to be a professional football player. 
Somebody say amen. amen. And if you did make it there, you, things wouldn't go well for you. So he asked himself, why, why are you cast down? And he says, hope in God. Hope in God. That's the solution. That's the response. David gives his own answer. And he says it two times. So what causes hopelessness or a lack of hope in our life? Well, one thing, we, got it, we need to kind of understand what hope is, what biblical hope is, and what isn't necessarily biblical hope. Because, see, the Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is a substance of things hoped for. Now, that type of hope you want to have in your life because it's connected to faith. It's the first, it's the predecessor to faith. Did you know you can't have faith if you don't have hope? I'm not going to believe for something if I don't want it. You have to want it to then choose to believe, and believing is revealed through words and deeds. See, hope cannot get anything because hope is only the appetite, the the tantalizing of your want to to get you to step over into the substantial realities of doing things and saying things, and that's faith. Hope is the precursor. Hope is just the want to. It has no power if left just at the stage of hope. If all you have is hope, you know, what's everything you desire? And, and the Bible has different words for the same thing. It says in Mark eleven twenty three, it says, Verily I say, whoever shall say to the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast on the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. And believes those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. That is truly faith. But then he goes back to hope in verse 24 and says, whatsoever things you desire, everybody say desire. Desire and hoping for something are exactly the same thing in Scripture. Whatsoever things you desire, if you believe that you receive it, then you, you see, then when you believe that you receive it, you went from desire to faith. Can I get an amen? If you stay in hope, and you don't go to faith, you'll always be in hope, and your hope will be deferred because you never transition from hope to faith. So if you just hope, and you hope, and you hope, and you hope, but you don't speak, and you don't act, and you don't speak, and you don't act, and you don't act it on God's word, in other words, if it's not a promise, all the promises of God are yes and amen, not all the things we can conjure up in our mind that we want. Everybody say, all the promises are yes and amen. See, I can have hope for those things, but I can go beyond that because if God promised it, if it's yes and amen, then I can transition, I can have faith for it, I can begin to say it, I can begin to act on it. It's a safe hope to have. It's not a delusional hope. It's a safe, biblically promised hope promise that now I can step out of just hoping for it, wanting it, like let's say if it's healing, let's say if it's prosperity. Those are biblical hopes that we can have that line up with the Bible, that it's okay to go ahead and step out beyond the realm of hope and begin to say it, say it and begin to act upon it, then I can begin to see my hope not be deferred, but be realized and become a tree of life. Many times when we're depressed is because we don't have enough faith, because we hope and we hope and we hope, and this is the cruelest thing in the world, but we don't have enough faith to believe. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Many depressed people don't sit under the word or they don't listen and receive the word when they sit under it. 
And it says, if you're a hearer and not a doer, you, you deceive your own self. You deceive your spirit, man. You deceive, deceive your soul by hearing it but not acting upon it. You stay in hope and you don't go on to faith. So depressed people are people many times who do not have faith coming. Because hope deferred means I got left back there in hope and never moved up to faith. So that's the place where I can actually begin to get the things that I'm hoping for. Because now I'm stepping up and I'm transitioning into faith. I'm not just staying in hope. And the reason why I keep staying in hope and I never transition in faith is because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you can have hope, 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 and you can have hope. But until you stand under the Word of God, until you get immersed in the Word of God, until you start claiming the promises, until you start studying your own, start seeking your own, start going into the Bible, and, and maybe picking every Bible verse you can find that promises what you're believing for, and then you literally start speaking it, you literally start having a plan to act upon it. Until you do that, you're still just in hope. And your hope will always be deferred because your hope refuses to move on to faith. Which, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Can I get an amen? The whole world is filled with hopeful people. Unbiblical hope is the most cruelest fan- Pharisee, I mean, excuse me, fantasy, fairy tale that there is. Ever heard anybody talk about, don't give those poor people false hope? Because it really is true. Unbiblical hope is the most cruel And it's the most, how can I say, cruelest fairy tale. Unrealized hope is like living in a cruel fairy tale. Well, they tell me it can happen for me, but it never does. How many of you have ever met people like that? I guarantee you those people will always be depressed. Somebody say amen. Those people will always be depressed. And the devil will see it, and the devil will get all over that. That's why there's so many depressed Christians. That's why I know that at times I've been depressed. I can recognize that, and I see that. Hope is a component of faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Hope comes with faith, because it's the precursor. God couldn't get us in faith if he didn't make us desire it or hope for it. Can I get an Amen. It says that God will give you the desires of your heart. How many, that's, I think that's Psalm 37, isn't it? That God, I think it's 37, 4 or something like that. He says he will give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you the hopes of your heart. Because how many of you know the word of God and the law of God is written in our heart? Now, sometimes we're trying to get the hopes of our flesh. We're trying to get the hopes of our intellectualism and our mind. We're trying to get the hopes of all these other things, and they're unbiblical hopes. Then hope is deferred, and then we, it makes our heart sick, and then that's depression. And then the devil shows up and says, okay, you want out of depression? That's just one really easy way to do that. Just take a bunch of those pills or do something. And the devil comes and lies to us, and, and he, he messes with us. And, and we, then, then we, we buy into thinking that we thought that up. And that's really depressing. But know this, that when the voice starts saying, that's when the devil has come in. That's when you need to start rebuking him and taking authority over him because that's not you because you have a natural desire to live. It's built into you. And it's who that comes to kill, steal, and destroy? Who is it that comes to kill and steal? It's the devil. It's not you. Your voice, God's voice, and the devil's voice all sounds the same in your mind. 
Let me say that again. Your voice, the devil's voice, and God's voice. And the only way you're ever going to figure out that confusing mess of those three voices is by the word of God. God is for life. The devil is for death. And if you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit living in your spirit. And he's not going to have your spirit that's born again and holy and righteous. And the Holy Spirit, neither one of those guys are going to tell you to kill yourself. The devil gets all involved in our unrenewed mind, and when that voice starts talking, you can always rest assured the devil is in working through your unrenewed part of your mind, and it's the devil talking to you about killing yourself. Because I guarantee you, you're born again, holy, righteous, born again spirit that's sealed by the Holy Ghost forever. It's not going to talk to you that way. And I'll guarantee you the Holy Spirit is not going to talk to you that way. And the Word of God is not going to talk to you that way. That leaves only two things left. The devil, and he, and he talks to us through our unrenewed, uncontrolled, undisciplined, unsanctified parts of our thinking that we allow him to talk to us through. Can I get an amen? But all those three voices sound the same. So that's how you distinguish and delineate and determine who is it, who's talking here. And if you're a Christian... It is always the devil that talks to you about those things. Somebody say amen. Just know that. I figured that out. (laughs) Through the word of God. It's very clear. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. We hope for things, but faith is the substance of it. You know, hope is pretty flimsy. Hope is just mental desiring things, really, and then there's desiring from our heart. But the real substance, now, let me say it again. Faith is the substance. Everybody say substance. It's the substance. It's the real deal that gets the stuff done. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that substance is this. Number one, the substance of things that we hope for are the promises. That's real substance. That isn't just fairy tale, I want to, I hope, I wish, I wish upon a little star. No, the Almighty God saying, these are what I promise you. This is substance, folks. You know what else is substance? When we say, yes, we believe it, we will act upon it, and we will speak it and bring it from the spiritual realm into the physical arena through our speaking and through our acting, that is substantiating it, making it into something substance-based instead of just something ethereal or of the mind or the thoughts or the heart's desires. It brings it into the realm of substance. Now, faith is the substance. It's the talking. It's the doing. It's the bringing it into this world. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That substance is God's promises and our obedient actions, corresponding action to those promises. Can I get an amen? Amen. So you got to understand that. Otherwise, faith can seem very hard to get a grasp on. Hope is just the component of faith. You know, faith is true hope. For, for instance, like, it, it goes from, it, it has a, a hope that drives it. Let me say it like that. I, I'm saying that wrong. But hope and desire drives our faith to do and to speak in line with God, because that's how we receive. If Satan can keep us us from hearing the word, he can keep us from having faith. 
and keep us in the pathetic, wishful thinking of hope. Alone, divorced from its partner, which is supposed to be faith. Can I get an amen? Because you can't just wish it in to be. Faith is a substantial thing that you have to have a divine impartation where the faith comes by hearing. And the reason why faith comes is because the word convinces you that this is God and this is what he wants you to have. How many of you know you're going to have to talk to your soul and convince it of some things? David said, why art thou cast down my soul? Hope in God, because he knew that hope in God was really putting your faith in God's word. And if you don't do that, then your soul will be cast down. See, having hope in God, and hope is the first step of faith. See, if Satan can keep us from hearing the word, he can keep us in faith. I mean, out of faith. And just... In hope. Hope is, again, a cruel fairy tale without true Bible, biblical faith attached to it. But Bible-based hopes have God's promises and power built into them. And when acted upon, faith brings a tree of life. Hope deferred makes heart sick, but desire realized is a tree of life. Wow, when desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Everybody say, a tree of life. Those are the things that we desire when we pray. If we believe that we receive them, we shall have them. Notice the word desire. When we pray, if you don't have desire, you know, a lot of times you can just pray things. But if you don't desire and don't want it, uh, it's not going to happen. But if you desire... It doesn't even say faith there. Notice the word desire in Mark 11, 22 and 23. What sort of things you desire when you pray? See, the desire is the hope. When you pray is the action. You're putting it to words. What sort of things you desire, hope. When you pray, faith. You believe that you receive it. That's faith. Because your prayer is believing that you receive it. Then you have hope that strives your faith. It causes you to believe that you receive it. You shall have it. That's how faith works. Now, I find it interesting that it says that hope... The desire, when it comes, it's a tree of life. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. How many of you know there's two places where the Bible talks about a tree of life? In Genesis 2, 8, 9, it talks about two different trees in the garden. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In the book of Revelation, I think it's the 20th chapter, the first verse. 20 or 21? 21. 21st chapter, the verses 1 through 4, it talks about a tree of life being in the garden and living and in a new heaven and the new earth. And it's producing life and healing to all those who live and eat off the tree of life. But the tree of life is something really interesting. When you go back into the garden uh, and you go back to Genesis 2, 8, 9, you have two trees in the garden of Eden, the tree of life, the tree of good and evil. And we're commanded, they were commanded to eat of the tree of life. How many of you know when God gives his word and you obey it, what is that? That is faith. Faith begins where the word of God is known. So the tree of life is when we have faith. The tree of life, we live off the tree of life when we obey in faith. How many of you know the knowledge of good and evil? You really could say it's the knowledge of knowing good from evil. Or you could really say it's just the knowledge, eating that tree will, will cause you to have the knowledge of evil because you disobeyed God. 
He says, but don't eat of the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I don't think that it made a lot of difference what that tree was, except that God said, don't eat from it. Because if you do, you'll find out the difference between being good and being evil. Because you just disobeyed me. And when you don't obey the word of God, that's not faith. That's the opposite of faith. How many of you know that's unbelief? So really, the two trees in the garden is the tree of, of acting in faith or the tree of not acting in faith and acting in disobedience to God's word. See, and the Bible says that when hope is deferred, it makes the heart sick or depressed. But when desire comes, it is a tree of life. Desire, when it comes, is the reward of faith. And the tree of life in the garden would have given Adam and Eve the rewards of faith by obeying God and only eating of the tree of life and not eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is really just the tree of finding out what evil is, which is the tree of disobedience. I mean, it's pretty simple. And see, how many of you think Adam and Eve's heart, their hope got deferred when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They were kicked out of the garden. They realized they were naked. They were ashamed. Eve did not obey, and the order got turned around, and all kinds of bad things happened, and their kids ended up killing each other. One child ended up killing the other child. And then that child became completely... uh, estranged from them. How many of you know their heart grew sick? But if they had kept eating from the tree of life, how many of you know if they if they'd have stayed in faith and ate of the tree of life, that they would have been fruitful and they would have been happy and it would have been just the opposite. See, we're really talking about the tree of obedience and faith and the tree of disobedience and the results of disobedience, which is your heart grows sick. Your heart becomes, um, what does it say there? Hope deferred make it the heart sick, yes. So depression lots of times is when we get out of faith because David said hope in God. Hope is the precursor to faith. Hope is the path to faith. When his soul is cast down, we need to check out our faith life. The just shall live by All things are possible by what? Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, we were designed to live by faith, hope and faith. I believe that any time we deviate from hope and hope fulfilled by faith being in our life, that we're going to be depressed. I believe depression always comes when I've gotten out of faith and when I have gotten away from the things that encourage me and the things that are the promises of God, or I'm not feeding on the word of God, I invariably uh, can bring me to a place of feeling uh, depressed. And desire is what should be driving our, our life. And I believe that the hope that God puts within us is always just a challenge for us to get in faith. Now, let me, let me say some more things about the devil and depression. If the devil can get us depressed and hopeless by getting us out of the word or just keeping us in hope or hoping in unbiblical things, because see those, you know, if you believe in unbiblical things, those aren't promised. You're not going to get them. If you, if you want to be a pro football player and God's called you to be a, a school teacher, uh, you, that's not going to happen for you. 
You're putting your hope in unbiblical things. But faith arises when you put your hope in biblical things and you can act upon them and see them come to pass. So, but what I believe happens many times to Christians, if the devil can get you out of the word and get you hopeless and depressed because you're, you're not seeing your faith, then even more he's going to get you so you don't believe and have faith for the things that God says to do that are depression killers. Now, let me give you a bunch of depression killers, things that will kill and deal with depression. But the devil will get you so you won't have faith in these depression killers. I have found this, that one of the things that kills depression in my life is sitting under the word and meditating on the word. But if you lose your hope in the word and you get out of faith, how many of you know you won't want to get into the word? Anybody ever get to the place where you don't want to get into the word? See, that will perpetuate the depression because you've lost your faith in the word because your hope got deferred. And maybe it's because you weren't feeding on the word enough. Okay. And so I believe that even more, if he gets you out of the word, he'll get you even more out of hope. And the more you're not in the word, the more hopeless you'll become. And I believe the devil causes Christians to become hopeless. Sometimes. Maybe it's a healing or maybe it's, some, it's a situation. And the more he can get you out of hope, then the more he can get you out of faith. And then the more he can get you out of faith, the more he can make your heart feel sick and your soul to be cast down and your overall being to be depressed, which invites the devil to start talking to you. Anybody seeing a pattern here? How the enemy wants to take us down a path. Of course, without hope, there's no chance for faith. And faith causes us to act on things that defeat the devil and depression. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Did you know it's faith that causes you to overcome depression? Did you know in the, in the, the old Christian world that to be depressed was considered a sin because you're not having your faith in God. First time I heard that, I thought, well, I can't, I can't help it if I'm depressed. And then it, it struck me that if that's true, then I've lost my hope and faith in God. Now, there's different types of depression, but many times I believe it can be attributed to that. And I'm not saying that's always the case. Now, here are some things that the devil will try to get us to lose faith in. The devil doesn't want us to have hope and faith in these depression killers. For instance, 1 Peter 5, 7. By faith, we're to cast all our cares on him. Let me tell you, that's one way to get rid of depression is casting all your cares on him. But if you don't have faith to do that anymore, guess what? He's really got you where he wants you. If you lose your faith, then casting all your cares on him because he cares for you, will take away a burden and will alleviate depression, then he has you where he wants you. But if you'll choose to have faith and if you'll believe these verses, you can begin to come out of your depression because your hope, oh, I don't want to be carrying this burden. I don't want it. I, I, I can't get this all done. I'm depressed. It's miserable. It's everything. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for you. See, if you lose your hope to do that, 
you're in trouble. But if you're hopeful, say, I'm going to believe the word of God and I'm going to go from hope to faith, which means now I'm going to act upon it and I'm going to believe that casting my cares on the Lord, for he cares for me, is going to alleviate my burden. See the difference there? But many times we've lost, we lose hope and therefore we don't step out into faith and we never cast our cares on the Lord and then the devil can just hold us in depression even more. Can I get a name? Anybody following this? Is this getting too complicated? I hope I'm not being too complicated. Sometimes I overcomplicate things. I think too much. But Proverbs 28, 13 says, By faith we confess our sins. And, and, and I like this. If, if we will confess our sins, he will deliver us. I, I really like this. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Sometimes we get to the point where I confess. I, I, why do I need to con- God knows I've sinned. Why, why should I confess my but, but it says if we cover our sins, we'll not prosper. But if we'll confess our sins, he'll have mercy on us. Sometimes we get out of hope and we get out of faith and we don't obey those simple little things because the devil gives it, eh, eh. you kind of give up on it. You, you, you kind of lose your hope in it. And then, then you certainly, because now you've lost your hope, you won't put your faith in it anymore. Let me tell you something. If you'll put your faith in that, if you'll confess your sins and, and, and forsake them, God will have mercy on you. How many of you want mercy <laughs> We're almost done. We'll get out early because that really hurt my ears. (laughs) I don't want that to happen again. Casting all your care on him for he cares for you. Putting your faith in that. Do you really put your faith in that? See, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And we got to move from hope into into actual faith, which is actually believing and doing and, and speaking these things. Mark 10, 25. By faith we forgive so we can be forgiven. Do you still have faith in forgiven people in God so God can forgive you? Do you still have faith to do that? How many still have faith to do that? How many still have faith that if we confess our sins, God will show mercy on us? How many of you still have faith that if you cast your cares on the Lord, he'll take them away from you? Still got faith in that? Sometimes if we get away from those simple things, that's where the devil begins to move in on us. 1 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. By faith, we casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Do you still believe you can get your thoughts under control? How many still have faith that you can do that? Not just hope, not just wishing you could do that, but how many of you believe that if God says I can do that, I'm going to act upon it, I'm going to speak it out, and I'm going to begin to do it? You still have faith? Because if you don't, the devil will get you in, in hopelessness. Sometimes it's all the little faith things 
that we neglect to do that can get us into a place of total depression. Psalms 103. Do you still have faith that we can remember all of his benefits that belong to us? David, there he was talking to himself again. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, soul. Soul, listen to me. Bless the Lord. Well, what would bless the Lord? I'm depressed. You know what would bless the Lord? If you'd remember all the benefits he paid for for you, that would really bless the Lord. That you'd quit being in that place, but you'd begin to remember his benefits, who forgives your iniquities, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns with loving kindness and tender mercies, who restores your youth as the eagle, who satisfies your mouth with good things to eat. Do you still have faith to believe that? Do you still have faith to, to bless the Lord and forget not all of his benefits, but remind yourself of his benefits, that these are real, they belong to me? Amen. Psalm 1611, do you still have faith that if we enter into his presence, you'll have fullness of joy? Do you still have faith that in fullness of his presence is fullness, of, being in his presence is fullness of joy? Do you still have faith for that? Because then I'm going to act upon it. I'm going to take time to get into his presence. I'm going to take time to speak that I've got joy in your presence, Lord. I'm going to take time to act and, and do what it takes to get into your presence, pray in the spirit, read the word, sing and give praise to him and you know he inhabits the, our praises and get into his presence and believe that amen i think this time of the year a lot of people fight with depression when, when i heard that and, and all the guys every one of the guys at the college said i know people that are depressed right now i had somebody come up to me who's depressed right now i think the enemy comes in like a flood, and tries to get a lot of people depressed. And then when you're depressed together with other people, then it makes it easier to, to, to stay depressed. How many of you know that that's true? In misery likes company is the old way that we used to say that. But I'll tell you what. We've got to say, no, we're not going to be depressed. And we've got, we got to say to our soul, why are you cast down, soul? You need to put your hope in God. And when you go to hope, then you go next to faith. And when you put your hope in God, then you can begin to enter into faith. When you, when you start having some want to from God, when you really want God to do something, then you'll begin to act on upon it. You'll begin to speak it out. Faith will begin to rise and we'll sit under the word. We need to sit under the word and we need to fight off depression because depression really immobilizes us. How many know when you're depressed, you end up not doing anything? And everybody, everybody's been depressed from one time or another. But I'm just trying to give you a way tonight how to deal with it, how to get a handle on it. Faith is the most depression-removing thing that there is. True faith is hope in God, is first putting your hope in God and then acting on it. David tells us that was one of the answers. Now, if somebody has some type of chemical imbalance, they need healing. They need to have faith for healing. Amen? Amen. If somebody has a whole lot of wrong thinking, they need the word and have faith in the word and start doing what it says. You know, if you're, if you're really sinful, you're going to be depressed. If you're not forgiven and you're guilty, how many of you know you're going to be depressed? If you think negatively all the time, you're going to be depressed. If you carry all your burdens and worry all the time, you're going to be depressed. If you never get into God's presence, you're going to be depressed as a child of God. 
But there's ways that we can have faith in God's word and defeat depression on every way that it tries to come into our lives. Amen. Let's stand up. We'll be dismissed. I hope somebody got something out of it tonight. Amen.